Hello, I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. And we're, and we're the, the Fashion, fashion geeks. geeks. Trying to make New York. And the world. Well, New York is the world. A little flyer, one outfit. And podcast. At a time. Yes, back. Let's do it again. Again, and again, and again, and again. I like how you think. I am Fashion Geek number one, Reg Ferguson, and to my side, ride or die... I'm Tiffany Minnetel Schreiber, Fashion Geek number two. Look what the... Cat wind... drug in? Uh, yes, that's right. I was going to say, look what the wind blew in. Or the I'd cat. Been a prop. No. Yeah. I'm a cat person, so... Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Counting. Stop. Oh. All right. <laughs> this is a fashion podcast, not a feline, <laughs> not a feline podcast. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> What's up? What's up? It's been a little bit. Yeah, it's been a minute. Glad to have you. Uh, where you been, Tiff? I've been sick. Oh. I got the plague. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. Oh, you'll get it. Don't you worry. No, 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 no. Please, please, please. Everybody's getting no, it. No, no, no. It's first, the thing. It's no, the new no, thing. No, first of all, when you say that, it makes it sound like you're talking about the big thing. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. No. I don't want the little thing Not or the here big in the state thing. of New York. I can guarantee you that. My husband told me that. Oh, how how can he make a guarantee like that? He's the health and safety officer. So someone is he gonna... has an inside line on things like that. Really? Yep. Okay. So we're all healthy in the state of New York. All right. So far. So far, exactly. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on. Ooh, wow, that looked like it hurt. <laughs> I got a hard head. <laughs> Anyhow. Yes. So I hope you've been keeping busy. Yeah, I have been. It's so... been a month. Yeah, I know, Tiff. It's been Black History Month. Yes, yes. We're on the tail end of it. By the time the listeners hear it, yep. it will uh, no longer be. But yes, so I'm uh, I'm trying to uh, maintain for the culture. Good. What Anything any fantastic coming up? Absolutely. I've, I've lived the dream. I'm working. So I, I just had a client last week. <gasps> Big shout out to Jordan Sisko and Kiara Capel. Nice. Yes. Uh, Kiara reached out to me on the website. Okay. Oh, excellent. Yes. That makes me so happy. <laughs> yeah, I as well. And she wanted to do a gift. Okay. To her boyfriend <gasps> who desperately needed a foundational makeover. Okay. So uh, I helped him with that. And we had a rocking good time. Big shout out to Jordan Cisco. Really great guy. And we we made him fly. Nice. Any pictures you're going to be posting soon about that? No, unfortunately, I had no uh, photography support. Mm. So That's a shame. I know. I know. I reached out to a few friends, but everyone was busy. Probably would have been more helpful if I reached out to true photographers, but I really haven't done that even for myself, much less any aspect of the business. Right. Now, did you I'm do a, a closet makeover as well? Or? No, no, no. He eschewed that. He was like, listen, I really don't have anything. And I'm going to, and also he wants to do, he he definitely wants to do a purge and allegedly they have bags at the ready and hopefully we're going to coordinate one day and go to the Bowery mission. Awesome. Always nice happen. to hear that the Bowery mission is going to be on the receiving end of some stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. That always really makes me feel good and it, it excites me. But yes, he, he wasn't ready for a closet. He, he was just like, it's, it doesn't make any sense. Let's just get down to it. That's a good birthday gift. It is. It is. That's uh, a good Christmas gift. It's just a good gift. Period. It's a good Easter gift. It's a good <laughs> July Fourth gift. It's Absolutely. a good Labor Day gift. So we really, we really laid the foundation for him. All right. I hope it's uh, not the last time. And I received a very complimentary email 
Super. So that's great because that might lead to something else. Might lead to something else. Yeah, you never know. You it never always know. does. You never know. And actually, after we do our recordings today, I'm on my way to another appointment. Well, boom, boom, boom. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going to kind of do the same that. thing. Yeah, it's another individual and starting from scratch, so to speak. Well, I might... I I have to say, you look very, very nice and ready to do what you got to do. <laughs> May we comment on this lovely three-piece uh, that you're wearing? Okay. So um, I'm going to, just from my point of view, I, this is stunning. I, it's houndstooth, but it's earth brownish grays and blues. It's a, it's a gun check plaid. Gun check plaid. I love the sound of that. You can wear it with anything. I... I, and this was a custom-made suit for you, wasn't yes, it? Yes, yes, yes. All right. Absolutely. Big shout-out, first of all, to my boy, Peter Antoniades of Antoniades Fabric. He hooked me up. Big shout-out to P. P, I'm actually wearing it because we've been going back and forth. He said, when are you going to wear it? I was like, soon. So we, <laughs> we probably need to take some photos. Oh, we have to. Absolutely, because it looks great. I, I mean, I'm sitting here going, hmm, Michael needs one of those. Well, if Michael ever became a client, then maybe <laughs> maybe this would happen for him. It could happen for you too, Michael, if you're listening. Well, he's got to if, stop if going. Tiffany, if Tiffany would it would stop me from letting us consummate this client relationship. Well, he got to stop going from 36 to 38s to 40s, back down to 38s to 36s to 40. You know, he's got to find his place. And then we <laughs> then we can invest in some finer threads because right now he's like, I bought him two new suits a year ago and he can't wear them. Really? He wore them once. They're both sitting in the closet. Oh. Yeah. That mama's not happy because, you Yikes. know, that's money on the shelf. Oh, I hear you. I hear you. So. You want to you feel that? Want to feel that fabric? That feels nice. Uh, what yeah. is it? What is it? What is it? Tell me, uh, tell me the stats. It's wool. A hundred percent wool? Yes, of course it's a hundred percent wool. Oh, all right. Well, sometimes it's a uh, little. No. No. Actually, this hair, is. This is cashmere. No, no. Sometimes. Straight up. Well, this is actually a vintage uh, piece. That's why I like it so much. You know me in vintage. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's from a former mill that's no longer from the UK. So there's a limited amount of that fabric left. Yeah, I guess. I mean, my boy had it, and then he told me the provenance. the The name of the mill was Peterson and Becker. Okay. And they got bought twenty years ago by I can't remember the name LBD. Was it LBD something? Also in the UK. So yeah, unbeknownst to me, I picked up some. I guess reasonably vintage material. He had he had a few bolts, and I was like, "Let me look at it in the light, man." <laughs> so, again, big shout out to P and his wife E, who's a master tailor in her own right. Nice. And uh, I can't afford her. And <laughs> and big shout out. And you guys have to email me. Email me a brother. You know, email a brother to another brother. Herringbone and Swee. Who made this happen down in Mumbai? Mumbai, India. Yep, aka Bombay. I'm old Very school. nice. You are ready to be a world traveler now. Yeah, sure. You got the threads. I'm 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 down with that. Speaking of Yes. Traveling and done anything lately? Did you uh, Yeah, I took the train. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm I here. Haven't. 
I spent a whole month. That's why I said where you been. In New but York you said, City. But you said sick. So yeah. I was like. I was grounded. Wow. I was grounded. <laughs> no pun intended. Spent a whole week in bed. That's for damn sure. Oh, wow. Yeah, Yikes. it was bad. Yeesh. You know me. I, I don't do anything less than 100%. No, I know. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned traveling. I wish uh, I wish we could license music because right now I'd have in the background Stevie Wonder's "Traveling Man." Oh yeah, back in the day. Yeah, I uh, love that song. Why? What's That's up? What's album. up? I'm finally. I'm going away. Good, good, good. Doing what? Doing what? Yeah. I'm so excited. Well, it's it's really not for vacation, though. My mind probably will trick itself into thinking it is. Every trip is a vacation, at least some part of it. I have been forced by my crew, nudged, cajoled, just coerced. I'm going to a men's styling influencer conference. I am so excited for you. You are going to be amongst your people. Oh, boy. Yes. I don't know. Talking shop left and right every minute of the day. Yipes. Yes. It's a a two-day conference. It's Friday and Saturday. I'm doing old school like when I had a travel job. I'm taking the first flight out of JFK Friday morning at 6 o'clock. Yowzers. I'm going down to the ATL, y'all. Atlanta. Yeah. Hotlanta. The A. That's where my mom was born. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, right I've outside. been to Georgia. I've never been to the A. No? No. I've wow. been to a lot of places in Georgia for work when I was in the cable industry, but I've never been to the ATL. And... I'm going to this conference. It's called Menfluential. Check it out online. Yes, you can. I you did. So choose. Oh, I know you did. Oh, boy. From top to bottom, I scrolled all the way down. Of course you did. It kept going and going and going and going. <laughs> I'm excited because it just seems like there's, I mean, I mean, you're doing there for two days. You're going to yes. get something out of it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm, I'm there to learn. If I get some fellowship out of it, that's a bonus. Networking, I think, is certainly required. Mm-hmm. Big shout out to Robert Ordway. I bumped into him at CTDA recently. Okay. And he was the second person probably in two years that brought up that conference. So that tells me that's a sign. I guess. So I was like, wah, wah. But then I did some research. And it worked out numbers-wise. And everyone was like, you really need to do this. Also, coincidentally, it is the last time they're having this conference. No, really? Yeah, yeah, allegedly. So uh, I think they've had, I don't know how many years, really don't quote me. I think maybe 10 years. I can't remember. So end of an era. Awesome. So So you're getting in there, though. I'm getting in there. All right, super. Well, uh, I'll have to... uh Wait to hear the report on that the next time I see you. Absolutely. I will guarantee you this. What? I will be fly. Yes, of course you will. You're going to wear that suit. Oh, it's going to be too hot to be in Atlanta. No, no, actually, the weather is very uh, comparable to New York. Yeah? I'm wearing my parka. Oh, okay. The high is around 50, in which the parka will be open. But at night, it's 30. So, yeah, that's like like the city. So I'll be bringing thermals. Well, I, last trip I took to Florida, that was true. It was one degree warmer in Florida than it was in Astoria, New York. I was like, what? Take me home. Wah, wah. <laughs> so uh, as we mentioned, uh, this the tail end of Black History Month. Yes. And um, we, uh, you know, something always comes up when there's a, uh, a month to be celebrated, like uh, Black History Month, Pride Month. You know, you always hear about retailers doing something custom, 
that uh, that uh, encompasses things, everything about the month of Pride or the month, the Black History Month. And uh, I thought that was an interesting um, article that you sent me regarding that, about uh, how to incorporate um, the celebration of Black History Month in in your retail business, in all businesses. And um, it seemed very similar to, you know, what you read around Pride Month, too. And one of the things that stuck out to me is that you don't just have to celebrate just one month. No. You know, it's, it's like, okay, this is great. There's a month that highlights the history of, of successful black people all over the world. But there's 11 other months in the year that you can continue to to celebrate that and, and how you do your business, how you run your business, the products you put out, the market you uh, attract, that kind of thing. Absolutely. Um, I said when we had a conversation, I'm like, uh, I kind of like with Pride Month, I'm like, look at all these people jumping on the bandwagon. I, I'd be interested to see who in August are still, you know, really pushing out Pride products and... Uh, What's your take on that? Well, it's funny you mention that because there are definitely great parallels between the two because they're movements. So the pride movement, gay rights movement, cribbed from our playbook in terms of civil rights. So, and I, I believe, you know, of course they're not a monolith, but I believe they acknowledge that. So I think sometimes from a contemporary standpoint, they forget that. So what I what I find interesting, Black History Month is interesting to me now because I feel, unfortunately, as time goes on, that for the rest of America, the importance is lessened and weakened. And really? I, I, yeah, I do. And I, th- I think that's unfortunate. I think certainly if I look at epics of time from when I was growing up to now as an adult entering the second half of things – it's there, but I don't feel it's as strong. When we look at pride, and we've discussed pride, I find it utterly fascinating that fashion America, much less corporate America, understands the disposable income power of gay America and really responds to that, yet okay. seemingly ignores the amazing disposable income that African-Americans have and that strength, I feel like we're, we're taken for granted. Mm. So do you think because pride movement is a newer movement, maybe that's why. And sure. And that's why it's Absolutely. like gangbusters Absolutely. right now. Still? That's, that's what I'm talking about. Time. Yeah. Time does this. You become, you become inured, you become desensitized. Right. So certainly I can think of I can think of examples that I don't I haven't seen anyone do this month. I'll give you off off my dome. I'll give you two examples, and they relate to my late mother. Okay. So my mom, along with my grandparents, were the major and dominant fashion influencers to my life. Right. So I didn't go to a school. I'm not a tailor. I'm a fashion consultant. I believe I have a good eye. But all that came from my mom at first and then my late grandparents. So really, it's, it's a triumvirate. So my mom hung in some pretty cool circles back in the day. 
Uh, I knew of that. I had heard of it. I also somewhat witnessed it as a as a wee little kid looking up at my mom literally and figuratively because the only thing I wanted to do was be like my mom. Aww. So uh, because she was the most and still one of the uh, most charismatic individuals I had ever met. So I wanted to be like her. And she influenced me in great ways because your mother is your first teacher. So that imprint was always strong with me. <clears throat> I was a little kid with my mom at Macy's Herald Square, 34th Street, on the kids' floor. My mom stops in her tracks, sees a dashing, handsome African-American man. She calls him out, says, Rennie. He stops. They talk. They kick it. I'm standing there. They have a long conversation. Rennie who's still around, and I had a chance to meet him and talk about uh, my mom with him. He is the first African-American male model to grace GQ. I thought I recognized that name because we talked about him several several podcasts back. Yes, we did. Yeah. So my point is, and he and I had an opportunity, opportunity to talk about this specifically through the GQ perspective. GQ has forgotten about him. Mm. How painful is that? That's awful. It, you know, and then they kind of doubled, they caught themselves and then they, but how, how does that happen? I, I, for me, and my mom did this all the time. She always wanted me to know my history through black history, through African history, but also from a very contemporary standpoint, who these people are right. and their impact, their influence. I mean, he's the Jackie Robinson of, of fashion models. Yep. <laughs> I mean, that's just real. That's amazing. That's impressive. Who else is talking about him this month? Hmm. I don't believe anyone else is. This man is still modeling. What? Yep. How old is he? He's old enough to be my dad. We actually teased him. I that. love that. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. He's amazing. Who's talking about him? I haven't read anything. That's unfortunate. That is unfortunate. He's a he's a lion. He's a pioneer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So that's one example. I could give a few others. I know a lot of it has to do with time, right? So, but I think Fashion America forgets our impact, our influence, our strength. I, I think I would agree with you. I think they forget a lot of things, too. I yeah. mean, it's it's evident. They have a short, what is that called? A, well, uh, the style changes. I they, mean, we've had this conversation before. They have a short, long-term memory. <laughs> For sure. So. One well, si since we're talking about pioneers. Yes. I have a couple of pioneers that I, uh, that I, I don't know. I went deep diving in the Google research. <laughs> I wanted to talk because it's Black History Month. I wanted to do some research on pioneers in black pioneers in the fashion industry because I knew there had to be there had to have been. And and there were a lot. I, could, I don't have enough time on the podcast right. to talk about everyone. So I, I picked a couple and I don't know how much time we have, but 
Uh, a couple, Social let us know. Do a couple you, of people fascinated me when I was reading. And it was mm. just, I just kept going down the rabbit hole, going to the next and the next and research. Oh, let me hear, let me read about this. Going link to link to link to link to link. And it was just amazing the things I learned. Mm. So. Well, what you got? I wish I had a magazine or a book that I could publish it all <laughs> on. So, you know, these folks would get their due again. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. It, it's tough. I mean. Time does this. It's not unique to what we're talking about. I'm just highlighting it because we are. Right. I'm a sports fan. And today on social, I was looking at Colin Cowherd, and he did a breakdown of the top 10 scores in NBA history. And people like Elvin Hayes and Will Chamberlain, I mean, I always say Will Chamberlain is the best I never saw. Absolutely. I, love that. I think it's absolutely true. I mean, this guy, they changed the game for him. Literally. They literally changed dimensions of the game for him. He still has a stack of records in the books. He's the best I never saw, right? Mm. He's before he's before my time. Michael Jordan is the best I saw. Oh, you got to see Michael Jordan. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. I would have loved to have seen him play live. So, I saw him on TV all the time. But. but my point is, in the top ten, he had people like Elvin Hayes. He had people like Wilt Chamberlain, even Kareem, which obviously is my era, but I'm the tail end of Kareem. I'm not the totality of Kareem, so I'm not old enough. People don't remember. So it be, it's under, then the judgment's under the guise of the contemporary. So the Lions, the old Lions, they, they just, they lose their traction. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, it's unfortunate. It's, it's, it's whack. I mean, if you really ask me. Maybe, uh, you know, the 20th or the 30th or the 40th or the 50th year anniversary of something will bring mention. That's that's kind of how it happens, isn't it? Yes, yes. As it gets older, you know, more time passes, then it becomes, you know, your the 10th year anniversary. Then it's the 20th, then it's the 50th, and then it's the 100th. It just sort of more time passes between acknowledgements. Right. But I also think it's up to people like ourselves and specifically you, cause you're really into research. Sometimes it takes one individual to go, Hey, did read you know this. about this person? Yeah. Did you know about this person? Right. Did you read the links I sent you? Weren't they interesting? You ask me right now. Or are you talking about overall? I, you lost me there. Oh, the, the, uh, the pioneers. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, I misunderstood you. I, misunderstood I was very you. I excited. You. I was like, read this, read this, yeah, yeah, read yeah. this. No, this is this normally is you're sending me stuff I know. to read. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> this really says a lot about you, Tiff, that, you know, like you said, you did a deep dive oh, yeah. because of genuine interest. And it really, it really says a lot that we need more people who look like you to do this for people who look like us. I mean, that says a lot because ultimately this is about American history or world yep. history. Well, you know, yeah, American on, and world from right. what I found. Yeah, right. for sure. Right. For depending, sure. Depending whom it is. Right. So it's, it's important. It's important. Well, I have a question for you. Yes. Do you know who designed the Playboy bunny outfit? No. I have no clue. Well, guess what? I do. <laughs> okay. Well, do tell. She was one. She was the most fascinating read, probably because I, I, uh, I like her a lot, and mm. she's a lot. She, her interests kind of sort of follow along my interests. Right. Her name was Zelda Barber Wynn Valdis. Mm. She was born in 1901. And she passed away in 2001. Wow. But boy, what she did with her life. 
amazing. Really? So first of all, she's from North Carolina originally. Oh, you love that. As soon as I read that, I was like, what? And I just kept reading. <laughs> she was trained as a classical pianist. Wow. Yep. Then she, uh, she moved up north to uh, get some work. Uh, she, her uncle had a, um, a uh, um, hold on, I'm looking, 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 looking. Yes. He had a store in White Plains, New York. Oh, White Plains. That she worked as a uh, tailor. And so she lear- learned the uh, the trade of. I mean, she grew up sewing. I mean, we're all taught to sew. Right. At least where I'm from, I was taught to sew when I was young. If you were a woman back in the day, sure. you were taught to sew and cook and stuff like that. Sure. So she took that and she went and worked in her uncle's store, and she became like one of the best. Uh, everybody wanted her to do the work. Wow. And uh, so she honed her craft, and then she ended up opening her own store. She was. Um, the first black woman to open a store on Broadway. The store was called um, Zelda Wynn, wow. and it was on Broadway and 158th Street. Oh, Sugar Hill. Yeah. Well, wow. they said Washington Heights. Well, really, Heights. that's really Washington Heights. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, once, you, once you're north of 157. The first, and it's not just the first female black on, the first black on, owned business on Broadway. Wow. And, it, and she was a woman. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, absolutely. No, she went on. Keep on keep she was so successful. She went on and to move her store, she called it Shea Zelda at this point, mm, to we, 57th we. Street. Ooh. Yep, 151 57th Street in Midtown. And she charged around $1,000 back in the day. Back then? Back in the day in 1950, $1,000 for a couture gown. Oh, my God. Yep, she had like nine seamstresses working in her, in her shop. Yep. She uh, she designed for. Hold on, I got a whole list of people here. Let's see, uh, Mae West, mm. Ella Fitzgerald, Dorothy Dandridge, wow. Eartha Kitt, Eartha Kitt, Marian Anderson, wow. Josephine Baker. These Holy women she God. made dresses for. But that was my mom's hero. That, oh yeah, Josephine Baker. Yeah. Hugh Hefner tapped her on the shoulder and said, hey, can you do this for his first bunny suit? What? And it's considered an employee dun, uniform, dun, dun, right? Dun, 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 the bunny dun, suit? Dun. Yeah. It was the first uh, employee uniform ever patented. So there's a patent on the bunny suit. Whoa. This woman has a patent on the bunny suit. Oh, damn. Well, she did. Apparently passes, uh, patents pass on. Yeah, when yeah, you, yeah. Um, so after she had that success... With her own store. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Arthur Mitchell. Yeah. Um, Arthur Mitchell. Dance Theater of Harlem. Yes. Tapped her to do his costumes. She did what? over 82 shows before she retired for the oh, Dance Theater of Harlem. Yeah. And he just passed, what, a year or two years ago? I don't know when he passed. Yeah. But yeah. She, she was still working for year? him when she passed at 96. Oh. The woman was still working. Right? Could we be so lucky? So she also did, you know, she did, didn't just do design. She did costumes as well. And that's when I was like, what? (laughs) North Carolina costumes? And I just read and I was like, oh, let me find out more about this woman. And I went, Shea Zelda. Yes. That's hot. On 57th Street. Wow. You can't, I can't buy anything on 57th Street. I wonder where her cross was. I mean, I know you gave the address. I just can't. But essentially she was off of Carnegie Hall. We got to figure it out. Yeah. But there we go. She was a pioneer. Absolutely. Amazing. And she did one thing, one quote she said that it wasn't, it wasn't the happiest of times, you know, working in the shop as a tailor uh, because of the color of her skin. 
But she did it because she wanted, she just wanted to see how far she could go. Mm. Isn't that something? Yeah. That really and look says, how far she went. She went everywhere. She went, she went to the top. She did. So you like that? I have another pioneer if you like that. You want to hear another one? Yeah, yeah. That was, that was a good start. All right. Well, what else you got? All right. So uh, the other thing, the other person I found just by a lark, just, you know, Googling and Doing searching thing. things like that. Um, this gentleman's quite impressive. He lived a very, very short life. Oh. But what he did is just amazing. His name, and forgive me if I slaughter it, but I'm going to say it nice and slow, Jan Ernst Metzliger. Yeah, I think you got it. He was, he was an inventor. And he's of Surinamese and Dutch descent. Oh, yeah. So he I'm traveled Dutch. to the United States at the young age of 19. Prior to doing that, he worked with his father in, in factories learning machinery, at, starting at the age of 10. So he had that sort of engineer mind kind of thing um, and studied that and worked as a young kid doing those kind of things when he came to the United States. And he first landed in, in Philadelphia and had a very difficult time finding work because he didn't speak English. Mm. And he, the color of his skin prohibited him from doing pretty much anything. So he took English classes at night. And he, he ended up getting um, a job. Um, oh, shoot. I'm looking for it. His first job was in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. But it was, um, here I go. Hold on. Mm-hmm. No, it's okay. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So he was in Philly. He was in Philly. He mm-hmm. got odds and end jobs. That's right. Yeah. And he moved to Massachusetts. Oh. Right. Lynn, Massachusetts. Because oh, really? at the time, um, shoemaking was centered in Massachusetts. Oh. So there was a lot of work for unskilled workers. Unskilled, quote, unquote. So that's where he got a job, working in a shoe uh, manufacturer. And he was working. He was So the shoes are made in two different ways. So you've got your upper. Right. And then you've got your, your sole. Sure. And the, sh- the upper has to be attached to the sole. And that's called lasting. Yeah, the last. I don't say the last. L-A-S-T-I-N-G. Well, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I always wondered. I, I, I've literally sat down and looked at a pair of shoes. And There's like, a gazillion last. I'm like, like how when, do they do that? How yeah, do they stitch literally around thousands, that? Yeah, there are literally thousands of last. <clears throat> well, yeah. back in his day, everything was handmade. So he worked on the upper along with everybody else, and then it all got bottlenecked when it came time to putting it on the the bottom of the shoe because they were hand-lasted, either with stitching or hammer and nails all the way around, and it had to be done by hand. And it took one person about uh, all day to do about 50 pairs of shoes. So this wow. gentleman, yes, one person. That's still a lot. That's I think. a lot. I By know. hand, <laughs> that's, what I think. that's tremendous. Absolutely. But he still was like, hands? there's got to be a faster way. And he was, his mind was ticking, ticking, ticking. And he made a couple of machines. And finally, he got one. He made a machine that attached the upper to the bottom lasting. Mm. And he got a patent for it. So smart. He, went, he got a patent for it right away. <laughs> right away. And then uh, he turned 50 shoes a day. Into 700 pairs of shoes a day with this machine. Wow. Yes. Game changer. Game changer. Because, it, you know, shoes were very, very expensive because they were handmade. So not only did he make them, it make it possible for a lot of shoes to be made in one day. He made it possible for more people to afford nice leather shoes. Back in the day, all the shoes were made of leather and nicely made and 
And now everybody could afford a pair of shoes, which was amazing. Mm. The unfortunate thing is he got his patent um, in uh, 1883, but then he died in 18. 18- 89, oh. six years later, because he got oh. tuberculosis. Oh. So he really couldn't, he got, he got stock in the business. I mean, the guy was going to make bank, and then he ended up passing away. Yeah. But isn't, because of him, the, the machines they use today are still very, very much almost the same as what he invented. Wow. Genius. Black genius. Black genius. So that's the end of my pioneer section. <laughs> I, I have a lot more. Maybe we can make this recurring. Sure. Let's do it. I'm down. And then I can, you know, every now and then we can bring in more pioneers. Absolutely. I like it. All right. That was so something, too. Huh? So that was something. Oh, good, good, good. Well, let's move on then. Oh, oh well, I got mm-hmm. yours, don't I? Sorry about that. <laughs> that's all right. There you go. So, uh, a little confused. You know, I'm still, my brain is still a little wishy-washy. So. <laughs> You're doing fine. <laughs> so the next segment we're going to move on to is... I must have it. I must, I have, must it. Have, it. have it. That's your favorite segment. Well, I'm known to collect stuff. Just a little bit. Suits. Shoes. Shoes. Newspapers. Magazines. Magazines. T-shirts. Bags with pockets. Bags. (laughs) Hats. Getting back to the I must have it. So, Reg. Yes. The I must have it item of the day is loafers. What? I know. I changed it up on you, didn't I? (laughs) Yeah, you didn't more than change it up. You just... I didn't cold ask crash, you. you just cold crashed it. Well, because I, I thought it was time that I uh, I took over this section oh, for, okay. for a second. Tiff takeover. Well, but that's because you sent me this awesome article um, from Hypebeast.com. Yes. Talking about Shout loafers are going to be 2020's most important shoe. Yeah. The loafer. Yeah. So first let me talk about the name. Why don't you do that? Because <laughs> I don't the know The loafer. Yes. I've always loved that name. Why is that? Because it says what it is. Well, what does it say? Your feet just loaf around in them. Okay, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I mean, they're the easiest shoe. You slip them on, you slip them off. Yes. No strings attached. Literally. Just loafers. And I, I'm, you know, when I, when I saw that it's going to be the most important shoe, I, my, the first thing that, that crap. Cropped up in my head was yes. when did it become not the most important shoe? I mean, I mean, I thought loafers are kind of like sneakers. Everybody's got a pair. Like everybody has to have a pair of loafers, and everybody's got to have a pair of sneakers. Uh, Why not? I don't know. I mean, okay, for me, when I think of loafers, I think of the definition from me being a child, which is. Bass penny loafers. Yes. That's how I grew that's up. That's your classic. That Well, that's how I grew up. That was my environment. That's my atmosphere. It's a preppy kid, blah, 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 blah. So, but more importantly, I'm an American. So, that's my definition. That's right. the That's the, the type that everything is judged by for me. So, to, to hear about this article stating that, boom, this is what it is. I still find, I guess I'm in dissent in a way, or I'm confused. Mm. 
I have loafers as we speak, but they don't conform to that definition. Would you wear them with your suit or a suit? Yeah, because mine are dress loafers. I have I have two sets of loafers. Okay. I have dress loafers like my blue Ferragamos, which I believe very beautiful. Thank you. So jewel blue. (laughs) I just call it blue blue. So I wear those particularly with my blue Halston suit. Wow, smashing. I try. So (laughs) that was my mom's fashion hero, Halston. So Halston was big back in her day. Hell yeah. That was everybody's fashion hero back in the day. Hell yeah. Yeah. Haven't seen that documentary. Little, I have mixed feelings about the documentary. I think maybe I did. Did you? I think I did. You didn't tell me? I think I saw it on a flight. What? I got, let me think about it. Oh man. So, so my point is that is an exception to me because it's dress. There's no question about it. You can wear them with jeans. I, you talk, I don't wear when I, when it's the weekend and I'm not wearing a suit generally, you know, obviously it depends on the, on the weekend day, but I like, for example, I'm going to Atlanta, as we know, on the weekend. So Saturday, I will rock a pair of lace-ups, cap-toe lace-ups that I generally wear with a suit. I find that to be dressy. Well, I find that to be casual because I will have dungarees on along with my sport jacket. What? You're going to be wearing dungarees? That's right. Awesome. But my point is, if it was the weekend here in the city... I would probably have a pair of Chelsea boots on. Okay. So my my point is I don't wear a lot of shoes on the weekend. I usually wear boots. I may even wear a kick, you know, a sneaker here or there. So. Well, I have news for you, Reg. You're going to have to put some loafers in that rotation. I have two sets. Well, what I'm trying to say is 2020 is the year of the loafer. You know, I know. I gave you the article. I, I mean, I'm just like, ah. Let me let me tell you why. Yeah, please. That's my point. Okay. Sell me on this because I'm not buying it. All right. So it's it's got to do with this, you know, new age millennials going to work in a little bit more dressed down suiting or no suiting whatsoever, yeah, but still trying to, if they have a meeting or whatever, to look a little nice. So loafers are a nice step up from the sneaker, which... These young folks love to Everyone's wear. Right, right. Everybody wants to wear the sneakers now. Right. Um, I'm, I do from time to time, but I am a shoe person. I like shoes. Yeah, so, yeah. just like, like you. Yeah. 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 I mean, there are times when I wear sneakers. When I do my walks around the park, I wear sneakers. I understand. Yeah. So, but the loafer has really, um, I, I click through that article you sent me, the different, it really has, fashion has done a number on the loafer. Mm. It's no longer just your bass weegins okay, anymore. So, yeah, so explain. Oh. Like I said, I mean, I've got a pair. Of, I actually have two pairs of Ferragamo loafers. The dress pair that we mentioned, the navy. But then I have the classic uh, with the uh, with the bottom, you know, like the hiking boot bottom. The, oh, okay. The slip-on. The lug with sole. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. The lug sole with the famous... Or the driving mock With the sole. famous... Which one? No, no, the lug sole. Okay. With the famous uh, bit Ferragamo. Okay, yeah. yes. Yeah, yep. those are the classics. Those are very nice. The classics. Right. The loafers I'm talking Taking about... Taking those to the ATL. I, the ones I'm talking about are, are the ones that, that kind of are a throwback, but 
loafers now encompass anything that you slip on and, and slip off. That includes anything that might have a monk strap as well. Those things are coming. All of that's coming back. Mm. And it's coming back in a way. Um, yeah. <coughs> what kind of way? Yeah, that's okay. What kind of way, Tiff? Because that's what I'm still just flummoxed about. about <laughs> you can wear it with socks. Yes. Without socks. Yes. Or hidden socks. Uh, with trousers with cuffs. Yes. With trousers, no cuffs. Yes. With rolled up jeans. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can just you can wear loafers with anything. That is why I say it's a must-have item. And you can you can you can get loafers that are perfect for a three-piece suit. You can get loafers that are perfect for jeans. You can get loafers that are perfect for your punk rock outfit. There's a pair of loafers that I saw for sale that are patent leather black with a with thick thick oh, soles. Wow. Yes. That sounds cool. That's all. That's hip. That's really hip now. <laughs> okay. um, you can get. It's hip. It's hip. Dior has a pair that's like green snake skin Woo. with a big metal plate going across the tongue part that spells out Dior. Oh, wow. I mean, it is like, I don't know what you call that. That's, <laughs> that's excessive if you ask me. But mm. it's from one end of the spectrum to the other. Sure. It's all still a loafer. Mm. And loafers are comfortable. Yes. They're versatile. Yes. And uh, everyone should have a pair of loafers in their closet. <laughs> At least one. The tiff has spoken. So I have. So essentially, you're saying this is a foundational piece. I, I, yes, it, absolutely. And the fact that this, this article is titled Why, Loaf, Why Loafers Are Going to Be 2020's Most Important Shoe, I, I say it's always, it's been every, every year's important shoe. I guess it's the most important shoe in 2020. Because people are discovering that you can look nice with loafers and you get the comfort of a sneaker, but you're wearing something that's a tad bit dressed up, Hmm. but can still be casual. I understand. For me, Tiff, I think the jury's still out. We are in the first quarter of the year. We probably need to revisit this at the fourth quarter. Okay. To see uh, if this really has come to fruition. Come to pass. Yeah. Well, yeah, I can yeah. tell you, we have predicted a lot of things in our past podcasts, and we pretty have? much it all has come to fruition. It has? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. So we're fashion seers? I think we I are. Never, I never deemed myself that. I think we are on the cusp Ooh. of fashion and what's important in fashion. Well, you're a mouth to God's ears. That sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's it for uh, Tiff Takeover. <laughs> I'm going to step back and give you a, a moment to, to, you know, join me. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Take yeah, us yeah, to the next yeah, yeah. segment. Well, well, what's, what's the next segment? Fashion word of the day. Oh, yeah. Fashion word, Fashion word of the day. So this is a segment where we each, I mean, you, for those who've been listening, you know exactly what we're going to do. But for the new listeners, this is where we each bring a word, a fashion word, to challenge each other. Yes. It's a, it's a learning experience, yes. I think. Because, you know, you do stump me sometimes. And I certainly stump you. Definitely. So, <laughs> so uh, we bring a word, we spell it, and we define it. And if we define it right and we know the word, we use it in a sentence. That's right. All right. So, Reg, you go first. Oh, really? Okay. Here we go, Tiff. Epulet. Epulet. Yes. E-P-U-L-E-T. 
Are you telling me I didn't spell that right? That's what I'm telling you. And search will do the effect later. What? How did I miss that? I know what it is. It's born of military. Yes. It it used to be um, something that was added to a military uniform on the shoulders. Yes. With fringe. Yes. To, uh, you know, to, I guess, make that uniform more important than others. Yes. <laughs> That's nice, but you got the spelling wrong. Okay, how you spell it? E P A U L E T. I knew I missed the U. Epaulette, because it's French. Epaulette. I thought, yeah, well, you missed something. You missed a vowel. That's all I know. I did miss a vowel. Yes, you did. Well, I'm not going to use it in the sentence. No, I guess I not, because you blew it. Because I blew it. Yep. I'm sorry. All right, I'm looking for my word. <laughs> I seem to be a mess today. Well, you know, if you don't have it, Tiff, then we, we can move on. Oh, Reg, I got many words. Oh, boy. You <laughs> seem to forget. Let's see. Which one shot? I oh, right. Of today. course. This whole list thing. It's ridiculous. I'm going to pick one that I think oh, is timely. Boy. Yeah, because we're running out of time. With huh? a uh, well, surgeon's cuffs. Okay, Tiff, you did this before, so <laughs> you get buzzed. Okay, moving on. Did I really? Yeah, moving on. I wanted to do it because of your suit. You are, your suit is showing surgeon's yes, cuffs. Yes, that's true. But you have done this word before. Uh, well, oh, for those listeners who are man. new, oh. let me proceed. Surgeon cuffs. <laughs> can I t- at least tell the new people? Because we can, we can talk about your suit again. Not with, We don't have much time to do that, but go. Surgeon cuffs refer to the functional buttons on a suit jacket sleeve, meaning the buttons on they can actually open and they can close. Most of the suits you buy off the rack just have decorative buttons there. But, Reg, you spared no expense, and you got surgeon cuffs on that nice. You got four of them. And the whole point of it being called surgeon's cuffs is when the surgeons would wear them, they would want to roll up the sleeve not to get their sleeves dirty. Oh, yeah. For those of you who didn't hear it the first time. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. We'll, we'll, big save there. Uh, whatever, my brain is dead. <laughs> well, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you had fun and are down for another one. Please tell your friends about us. Special shout goes to our producer, Search, and everyone down with the NYFG. Yeah. Uh, listen, if you guys have an idea you want us to discuss or a word you want me to stump Reg with so that I don't, <laughs> so that I don't keep repeating words, uh, send us an email at... Podcast at nyfashiongeek.com. You can also go to Instagram and uh, DM Reg. Yep, uh, New es- York Fashion Geek. Especially if you go, wow, he's really on top of his game. I need some help from him. Definitely contact him. He is there for you. That is very kind. And uh, I think you're right. This three pieces. It's super snazzy. <laughs> I'm feeling it. Well, right before we leave, I just want to give a special shout out. To numbers eight, number 24, and number two. Yes. So. Uh, God bless them. Absolutely. Big shout out to the Bryant family and everyone who tragically was affected by the helicopter cash. Trash. Cash. Yep. Boy, I'm stumbling just because it's so upsetting still to this day. Yep. I love seeing him in GQ. I did a post on that. And uh, I always had a little fantasy that one day I would connect with him and I would help him be even more fly. Mm. I'm Reg. And I'm Tiff. See you next time. And remember, always always be be fly. fly.